Hello, I'm John Bates, and welcome to my podcast, Hope for Today, where I inspire to live with heavenly perspective and kingdom mindset. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Hope for Today. I'm your host, John Bates, and I'm so glad you're joining me. Today, I want to encourage you, in the midst of everything going on in the world, to stay focused on Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, I want to introduce you to him. He is the Son of God. He's my best friend, and he changed my life, and he wants to do the same for you. Mandy today is going to interview Wynell Caldry. You're going to enjoy this interview. Uh, they're friends. They're doing ministry together, and God loves partnerships. So thank you for partnering with me. Thank you for believing in me. I believe in you, and I'm expecting the best out of you. You know, Jesus believes you can do anything, so go for it. Hi, and welcome to Hope for Today. I'm excited to be here with one of my dear friends, Juanelle Caldry, who we are going to be doing some mission trip work uh, next year. Yes. Um, Juanelle has been uh, very much a godsend to me. She's translated my book that went to Honduras. <laughs> yeah. Um, and has, we've just connected a lot through that, that translation and through all the help you provided for us on that trip. Um, can you tell our viewers a little bit about you and your background? Absolutely. And thank you, Mandy, for having me today. And yeah, I'm a missionary's kid. I grew up in South America in Colombia. My dad was a church planter, Franklin Burns, and um, took me there when I was the age of seven. And uh, just from that very young age, started teaching a Sunday school class, believe it or not, and then door to door witnessing every day. And um, my dad, while he was there, um, he just really felt like that God had a plan for the country and for the coast of Colombia and uh, prayed and went to a hotel to get a word from God and came back and said, what I'm to do is raise up churches. And Amen. he said our whole family should be involved in the ministry. So um, that's why I started uh, teaching Sunday school class and working right alongside him. Preached from the first time when I was 12. Uh, and he uh, would go in, take a piece of uh, property, and preach every night in crusades from four to six months. Uh, he always said a church was birth, not made. And then he would leave a building, so he would always build walls, floor, yeah. platform, roof. So for some of yards. our viewers that may be in that birthing season, that you know they feel called to plant churches, they feel called to, to movement, what does it look like to birth, not, not make? So, you know, that's an interesting one because everywhere you go is different. And of course, every time you go into a city to start a church, people are always saying that can't be done here. That was always the classic phrase. I think the important thing about it is you really just can't make a church happen. You really have to just let it come together on its own. And so people would start to come every night and people would get saved. And sometimes, uh, because we went every night, I remember one time I counted 180 nights straight in a row without missing a crusade. <laughs> um, but uh, I know people that would come every night to be saved for at least two or three weeks. And people would say to me, shouldn't we tell them they're saved already. They don't need to keep oh, coming. Yeah. And it was like, no, they need to know when they know that they have gotten it. And you could just tell by the look on their faces at the altar that they had finally yeah. 
felt that they were saved. I know it's not built on feelings, but for them, it just felt like they needed yeah. to keep doing it. And that's how the, then you start to see the church grow on right. that. And so that's right. why sometimes it doesn't take a long time, but sometimes it does. Yeah. Yeah. So following the Holy Spirit, following that, that's the spirit and just really feeding back into the people. I mean, you were raised on the mission field and Correct. you were raised in mostly in Colombia and in yes. Latin America, but at some point you kind of transitioned. So right now, Juanel, you're in the UK or you're based in the UK, but you do work all over the world and translate books all over the world. So (laughs) how did you move from, um, you know, working in the mission field and really having all of your grassroots in the mission field to now you're still really in the mission field, but it's kind of like you are all over the place. How how does that look? So, you know, I still, um, I finished and did homeschooling and I still went ahead and got my career in education. I'm a certified teacher, but I always knew that I was called to teach, always knew that I was called to really help young people, this generation of what am I supposed to do with my life? And I did that for a long time on my own in Mexico and Latin America. And then I came back here to Texas, actually, and taught in public and private schools. But I always knew that I was to be on the field. I just, my heart's there. In fact, I feel more Colombian, really, than I do American. (laughs) But I speak fluent Spanish, so I love, absolutely love the Latin culture. And ending up in London, I met my husband in Texas at a revival, and then um, he's from England, and so we ended up making our home base there. And now with all the invites of Africa, Latin America, to be honest, when I went to London, I had never been to that side of the world. So uh, it was a whole new wrinkle. I learned a lot more about the British than I thought was possible. (laughs) (laughs) English is definitely not all the same, trust me. (laughs) But... um, I just have a heart for ministry, yeah. and yeah. I just have always said, Lord, wherever you open the doors, yeah. and yeah. Um, so I've ended yeah. up doing a lot in Africa as well as Latin America. Yeah, so we are actually um, planning a trip to for Uganda, Correct. Um, so, and we're super excited about that. Yeah. It's for a, it's a women's conference of um, maybe over a thousand women, or how many? Yeah, they're saying to expect no less than 900, 900, so we'll see how that works out. And you just got through doing an online men's conference. Yes. in Uganda that had several uh, several thousand. Or, yes. It, so kind of tell us a little bit about uh, how yeah, that, what so that looks like. Actually, I'm working with the ministry um, was one of the partnerships because I do believe in partnerships. Yeah, that was mentioned absolutely. earlier in this. And I think that we all need to recognize that we can't do this by ourselves. And um, I work with a, an organization and business called City Vision uh, based out of London. And they are really, uh, their heart is really with working with business people and political leaders of really getting them to see that there's a need in their city to turn life around. And that's through the gospel. And so with them, we started teaching and preaching online every week into Uganda. And um, it's an, it's amazing. It's like being there, but you're not there. So the, I think a lot of this through the pandemic taught us that we don't always right. have to be on the ground. And we did this men's conference. And through that, women um, came, even though they were told not to come, but they wanted to come and learn. And then there was about 50, 60 of them that asked to meet with the pastor's wife there and myself and just share with us what they were going through. 
And then I realized that it was important that we do something for them. But I really felt God speak to me that it was time to go and be there in person for them. So I think there's a need for that. But I also think that we should always recognize that online we can still make a huge difference. A hundred percent. No matter where you're located at, you can make a difference where you're at. I I feel like so many people watching this show um, feel like, oh, I wish I could. If I had their platform or if I had John Bates' platform, I could make a difference. No, you can make a difference wherever you're at, uh, with what the Lord has put in your hands. Uh, Juanelle, you have done a lot with the things the Lord has put in your hands. I mean, everything, I mean, I've, I've heard a little bit about your story, um, and everything that, every season that you were in, you just took what you had and, and you created something beautiful out of it, even in the yeah. hard seasons. Um, I mean, you were telling me a little bit about your daughter earlier and, um, you know, you were a single mom for a I while was. And, and being a woman in ministry is not always easy. Um, especially back, you know, 20 years ago or so. Correct. So, um, you kind of create, you took what you had and you created a ministry out of that. Um, how did that look? You want to share a little bit? You know, the thing is back when, um, I, but I, when growing up on the mission field, I was always involved in missions. And then I worked with my dad as a missionary in training. And then I realized I wanted to be on the mission field in my own right as a missionary. Came back with the organization I was with, asked them to let me go. Now, back in the day, that would have been, I think it was 90-91. And um, it was, no, they didn't want to send me as a woman, and they definitely didn't want me to go single. And their recommendation were me to go and go to a seminary and find myself a husband. Well, I mean, I was devastated. And I want women to know out there that we, you have your story, which is phenomenal. Uh, My story with a rejection, even growing up on the field and telling them, listen, I know more about South America than I do my own country where I was born. You'd been on the ministry field for 11 years (laughs) on your own, not even under your deck, on your own already, but they they wouldn't let you go because you I even traveled, drove my own Jeep all across the country and, you know, had my own uh, meetings going and... When I went back, unfortunately, I made the mistake of then be, I, I would say mistake because I, I, it was the wrong decision, but I do want you to know I love my daughter with all my heart, and it was a God thing for what God gave me. But um, I do want women to know out there that number, one of the number one things that I had to learn was to forgive myself yes. because yeah. I, I just felt like, well, what more is there then if you're told that just because you're a woman and you're single that you can't minister when, hey, that's what I've been doing all this time. Yeah, I have I have a similar story. You know my story um, because you you translated yes. you translated my story, which is you really beautiful. should read her book for sure. <laughs> um, but and you've translated many many books. I want that. Yeah. I feel like somebody needs to hear that. I mean, yeah. you have a whole organization that just translates um, for for people and for yes. and for schools and for all, all. You have a school that yes. that, that just specializes in that. Yes. So, um, but it is difficult, you know, whenever you have to you're trying to step into ministry, and I feel like there's some women that probably we need to hear this right now, um, that wherever you're at, you may feel like that you've been discounted or that you've made mistakes yeah. in your life um, and that, that you're not, you can't fulfill the call that you feel in your heart. Let me tell you, if, you're, if there's a call stirring in your heart, then God is not done with you That's right. and the Lord is going to use you and the Lord is going to propel you. He does not care what kind of baggage you have or, or what um, life circumstances have been thrown at you. Uh, the Lord will use you. He will use your story and he will make it beautiful. It's beauty. It's beauty from ashes. That's exactly right. Yes. 
I think one of the sweetest uh, words that I heard was a pastor who prophesied over me after I had taken myself out of the ministry for two years and when I became pregnant was um, he called me out and said, you need to know God's not finished with you yet and you still have a calling on your life. And even growing up as a minister's child, it was so powerful for me to hear that. And I suddenly realized, you know what? I'm not down yet just because I'm a single mom. Now, back in the day, though, there was a lot of things. Unfortunately, I had to deal with a lot of people wanting me to even deny the fact that I had a daughter, wanted me to tell people that my dad and mom had adopted her. Um, it, it was terrible just because people didn't want people to know that I was a single mom. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's so terrible because um, we need to know that everybody yeah. has a story. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, we all have a story um, and God loves it. God loves our story. God loves you in the place that you're at. Um, and, and there are women all over the world right now that the Lord is planting seeds in your heart. The Lord is planting seeds for your future. Um, and what may have happened 20 years ago is not going to hold you back from where Absolutely. he is taking you today. Um, in the name of Jesus. I mean, they're, Absolutely. They're, they're, you've done work in um, all over the in Columbia, all over Latin America. Your husband um, does, has done a ton of work in Europe and in, in the UK. Um, and none of that has been diminished by anything from our past. Um, and it's, been, it's really been turned into something beautiful. So Absolutely. if you were going to speak to some of the women, maybe um, in a Muslim nation or maybe somewhere in Africa, because we're going to Africa next year, what would be some advice you would give them uh, for this next season and where, where the Lord, what you see the Lord taking us in this next season? The first thing I would say is I've been doing a lot of studying on uh, identity and how that we need to stop thinking of ourselves as that we are the person of what we do. Yeah. Because a lot of times when we ask people, yeah. who are you or what are, you know, what do you do? The first thing we do is we start telling them all about, well, I'm a pastor or I'm a missionary. I do this. And we forget that really we are image bearers of the father. Yeah. And so I would say to you out there that you need to step up and recognize that in your space, God needs you because yeah, we can't amen. get to every place. And God needs you to know that uh, just like Mandy's already said, whatever is in your hands, God can turn it into something. And so just begin to pray and begin to ask yourself, what can you do right where you are? because that's really what it's about. And as you, I think I heard one a long time ago a saying that when you do something that you love so much that you're yeah. willing to do it for free, yeah. it ends up turning into something big because it's a passion. You Amen. just can't help yeah. yourself. It just flows out of yeah, you. It and just I'm, comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think women need to know, I mean, everybody needs to know really, but especially if you're a lady out there that is thinking, well, how can I do that? There's so many different ways, especially in today's world, that you can do it and just step out there and be used by God and don't be afraid to step up and speak out and but ask God for wisdom because Amen. you know yeah. it, it is about that as well yeah you, you definitely have to have wisdom now you and your husband are in ministry together so so you, you know the Lord brought this amazing man into your life um, who has has partnered with you um, and you complement each other I mean yes. y'all y'all are two sides of the coin um, and y'all do just about everything together in ministry yes, absolutely 
Absolutely. Um, so for the women, and maybe right now in other nations where their husbands are in ministry, or maybe they are feeling called to ministry, but they they haven't quite figured out the dynamics of how to best support my husband, or maybe how my husband should support me and my ministry. What what would be some advice you would give them? Or what would that look like? So, you know, that's kind of an interesting question because to be honest with you, my husband is almost completely the opposite of me. He is definitely not really one of those who's the speaker in the forefront, even though he's an amazing teacher and he's done a lot of preaching and, and they love him, you know, across the, the platforms that we've been on. But really, he's a guy that behind the scenes pushes me. And he, to be honest with you, Mandy, they will find this uh, funny. When we got married, he had never heard me preach. And we uh, went on our honeymoon and then we came back and we went to a church for me to preach a revival. And that was the first time he heard oh, me get no. up and speak. And he was like, <laughs> he was wow, was you like, are a powerhouse. He's like, you're not that bad. <laughs> you're pretty good at this. <laughs> so really what he does is he really pushes me from the yeah. back. And he's always saying, you need to get out there and do this and do that. And he's always telling people about me. But in his own right, like yeah. I say, he yeah. has a, he, God uses him a lot in business and he's got a, you know, a real business head on him, which is means a lot to me. But I think the the fact that some people think that it has to be that your husband is also the preacher and you're the preacher, that's not always the case. Right. And I think that what you need to recognize is that even when it feels like you're complete opposites, God has a way of making that come together. I think what was good for me is because I'm always speaking. I mean, yeah. I can always jump in. And yeah. so when he's not really bothered about that, he's a thinker. So he sits back and just takes it in and he's very happy to do yeah. that. So yeah. God gave me the right one. Amen. Man, you know, uh, my husband is the rock in our relationship. He for sure is. He he keeps us together. He keeps everything. He keeps me stable. It keeps me from going, you know, yeah. going crazy. Um, but I'm definitely the extroverted as far as you know, out there going, kind of have that drive. And he's the one that keeps everything calm. Yeah. He keeps everything together. Um, but I couldn't be who I am without him. And he's not Absolutely. who he is without me. It takes both of us um, to really have that that power couple mentality. And I feel that there's probably a lot of pastors watching this that would be empowered to know that um, as you step into ministry, once you, you bring your wife alongside of you, or once you bring your husband alongside of you, um, that that is where the power really takes place and where the Lord can really use that power couple to transform a community, to transform a nation. Um, so don't cut that side off, you know, don't, yeah. don't really just in, in, empower each other as you move into this next season. Cause I feel like where we're moving um, in the end times, it's going to take both of you. It's going to take both. It's going to take the power of the husband and the wife in the, in the church to really see full transformation with men and women. Absolutely. And so I think it's really beautiful. Um, well, Wano, we're, we're fixing to close out. Is there anything that you would like to just leave with us um, as we pray for Africa, as we pray for Uganda, um, as we pray for anything going on in the UK? Is there anything that you would like to just leave for us to... I just, you know, I'd really like people to know out there that today more than ever, we really need to get in and, and study the word and hear God's word. It's important that you uh, find yourself a good church where you can belong and be in a community. But mm -hmm. I also think that it's important for you to get in there and just recognize that God's word is for you. And right now with our ministry, our ministry is commissioned and we are building uh, a pretty much virtually uh, a place that's called the Apostolic House, which we're trying to put out there different teachings and trainings for churches and, and people and, and groups. But I think that I just really want you to know that 
you know, when, as you get into the word, God will give you a word Amen. and, yes. and God yes. will speak to you. And also when you get out and about wherever you are, be ready because there is always, God is always moving. That's one thing I remember my dad used to say all the time. God is always moving. We're always asking God to move, but he's moving right now and he's waiting on us to step out. So when you're out in the supermarket and you're out just in, in your different encounters, ask God to use you. And there's, you know, people that you can just be talking to and suddenly God will give you a word yeah, for them. And yeah, maybe it doesn't even yeah. make sense. It doesn't sometimes. Yeah. And you walk away and you think, oh, well, that went well, didn't it? <laughs> you know? And then later on, you hear an amazing story. Yes, it you is. Know? And so I think that, you know, when you start where you are, and I do want to also just clarify that Mission Field is uh, step out your door and you're there. Yeah. Uh, we have the people who support us that, like you say, wish they could be there, but there's people who send and there's people who actually go. But the truth of the matter is that no matter where you are, it's a mission field. Right, and right. people need to be reached. People, people are looking for hope. They're looking for love. And they're not looking for us to judge them because there's all kinds of people out there that, you know, they don't have their lives right. I mean, I still make mistakes and, yeah. you know, I own up to them. But I'm just letting you know that when you can love the person, let God do the changing, uh, you'll be amazed and surprised uh, at what God can do. Amen. So never be afraid of that. Well, how can people find you um, or if they want to donate to you or your ministry, um, what's the best way for them to reach you? I'd say the easiest way right now is you can find us on Instagram under We Are Commissioned. And um, also I'm there personally under Wynell Burns Cowdery. I keep Burns because so many people knew me as Burns under my dad's name before uh, I met my husband. And you can find me there and message me there and I can show you what we can do from there. But Amen. yeah, we definitely do everything by financial support. Uh, and so uh, whatever you can do to help us, and especially going into Uganda, eventually we're going to be asking for people to just make donations. We want to really prepare a nice gift bag for them uh, at a banquet on our last night. Yeah. And it'll just be small things like sample perfumes and just feminine things that they need. And we just want to really bless them bless with that. Them with so we'll, yeah. we'll come back to you with uh, that on our page. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, whatever Nick does from there. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Hope for Today with John Bates. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes wherever you listen. You can connect with John through Facebook, Instagram, and at johnbatesministries.com. Have a blessed day.